you walk just right. <laughs> I'm Amanda. I'm Denise. And this is, and this is Disturbing Behaviors. Ooh, today we are going to talk about a case that has enraged me since I've heard about it. I have followed it, but I will admit that I don't follow it very closely because every time I do, I just get angry. And I think anybody who is familiar with this gets has that kind of same emotional response to it. We are going to talk about the West Memphis Three. You know, when I was doing the research for my part of this, I was constantly having to take breaks because the more I researched, the more angry I was getting about the way this whole thing was handled. You know what? It was, I saw this case, documentary came out on HBO in 1996. And I remember watching this documentary. It was uh, The Devil's Knot, West Memphis 3. Oh, yeah. And I was so angry. And I mean, and just to give context to, to everybody, I do rant and rave. I am very much a libertarian, bordering on an anarchist, uh, very much anti-government. Back in 1996, I really wasn't very politically involved. Yes, there was a time when you could encounter me and not have a political conversation. Those days are dead, by the way, but it did exist. <laughs> but this, it, what drew me to this was not only the, the mis, miscarriage of justice, but also a, a kind of my fear as a mom. In 1993, which is when this crime happened, I had my oldest son. My oldest son is biracial, which means I've had to have, and, and he noticeably biracial. You you can look at my son and you realize he is not white. He is not white passing or anything like that. As he's grown up and, and everything, and even knowing it back in, in 1996, I had to be more careful with him. He had to be more careful in society because of the color of his skin. So I am well aware that prejudice exists. I've had to have the driving while black conversation. You know, it, it's still something that, that worries me. And as a mom, you will constantly worry about your children, doesn't matter how old they are. But when I looked at this, they were teenagers. Teenagers. Damien Eccles was 19 at the time of the crime. Jesse Miss Kelly was 17. Jason Baldwin was 16. Teenagers, kids, they were fucking kids, and the system railed them. So oh, yeah. we already know they did not commit this crime. They did not commit this crime at all. So there's really multiple victims here. We have the actual children, Stephen Branch, Christopher Biles, that, oh my gosh. Michael Moore. Michael Moore, okay, yeah. I'm trying to read my handwriting. <laughs> Apparently, I like to leave myself clues. So, yes, and Michael Michael Moore. So, you really had six victims in this. So, we usually start, and we're going to talk about childhoods, and we're going to talk, and normally we talk about the childhood of the perpetrator, like what has happened. In this case, we don't know who the perpetrator is. Now, when we we get into the part where we talk about the the laws and the psychology of it, we will definitely get into a lot of that stuff. I'm sorry, Amanda's doing something and it reminds me like, you know, it, it, this, is, this is how I can tell if we got the people who, who are like my people following us. It looks like she was dumping out her freaking pipe, you know, like she's a 
That's where it looks. It's not. It's not. She's not packing a bowl, people. But that's what she's doing with, like, her headphones or something. I don't know. It's kind of funny. And I'm like, oh, shit. That just reminded me. We have a bowls and barbecue coming up. I got to figure out what the fuck I did with my bowl because (laughs) I'll shoot for a little bit and then I'm high for the rest of the fucking day. No, I was uh, (laughs) trying to fix my microphone. (laughs) I just... I see. We are five minutes in. Jason made a reference to weed, so yeah. <laughs> this is it. Your basic white right. girl. I have to smoke weed and talk about true crime. <laughs> you want to see my rescue dogs? Because I got five of them too. So. <laughs> oh boy. So, <laughs> talking about these children, the actual, the victims, these eight-year-old kids. And I think any time that we have a crime against children, it's just we get angrier. As a society, we get angrier. You can judge a, a, a society on how they treat the weakest members. And yeah. children, you know, and I've always said when it comes to a child of mine, I will smile in the mugshot. Do not give a shit. And it doesn't matter that they're adults now. I still have that. But these children, we'll start with... Michael Moore, he was born to his parents, Todd and Dana Moore. They're still married. This information came from Murderpedia.org. They're, you know, he just seemed, Michael seemed like he had just a normal, average childhood. There was no divorce. There was nothing. This, he was just like your basic child. And everything from the parents was that they had a good, good relationship. They loved him. They cared for each other. And they are still together. And that's impressive. A, a death of a child often leads to divorce. It often leads to, you know, parents breaking up. A lot of times there's that blame game. It's your fault. You did this or you didn't do that. Or you uh, let this happen. Still, yeah, you let this happen. You know, if you hadn't done this, if you hadn't been there, if you hadn't, if you had, you hadn't. So, yeah, it's Michael, just your, your basic eight-year-old. You know, Christopher Byers, his his mom, he was adopted. His parents are Melissa, and then his biological father is Ricky Murray, but he was adopted by his step stepdad, Don Mark Byers. And the only thing, so, you know, you do have that, but he seems to be very well, it seemed to be an adjusted thing, especially if the stepdad took the extra steps to adopt, but... The only little thing of interest in this one for for Christopher Byers was that the stepdad, John Mark Byers, admits to beating him with a belt a couple hours before they were murdered. Uh, I don't think he had anything to do with this, but he it was interesting that he, he stated that to the police. Like, I beat his ass with a belt beforehand. Yeah. You know, and that was just... I. To me, that was just a little more transparency of, like, being honest. Like, yeah, you know, he probably has bruises on his ass because I took a belt to it. Now, I am not condoning corporal punishment. We're not getting into that because I know people have some very strong opinions on that. And I spend enough time arguing with people. (laughs) That's really not something to argue about at this point in time. That was done. Now, we get Sorry. When he made that comment to police, I find out. I found it slightly suspicious because it was like, I mean, and he actually said to the cops, 
you know, I beat his ass with a belt, so he may have run off and not come home because he's mad at me. Mm-hmm. So, but I think when they were looking, when they were actually looking for them, it one of the questions that police do ask is, did anything happen? You know, I think at, at all points of time, you know, there's very few children who have not packed their shit and said, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, I'm running yeah. away. Could that event have led, led them to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time? We right. will never know. I think that's probably something I, to me, for him saying that, I think he feels guilty. I think he feels guilty like, you know, if I hadn't have done that, would they have gone off? Would they have gone right. and rode their bikes and done this or do any of that? You know, and I think whenever something horrible happens, you spend a lot of time thinking, what could I have done? What could I have done differently? What could have changed? What could have, especially as a parent, if something happened, you right. know? So it was, a, it was a weird thing, but I think it was more of a an admission of feeling guilty, even though he's not the reason they're dead. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like he was like, I did this and maybe, maybe my actions led to them being in this situation. Not that he actually right. hurt them, but like, he feels like I, I fucked up and then now my kid's dead. Right. And I got that. I'm not saying that he did it. Oh no. I'm just saying that that spontaneous utterance of, you know, I yeah. beat him with the belt earlier and now he hasn't come home to me. Because I'm a suspicious person anyway. <laughs> um, just made him sound slightly suspicious to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we have that suspicion. Because I want to talk about Steve Branch. Steve Branch, his mom is Pop, uh, is Pam Branch. There was no information about his bio dad. But he has a stepdad, Terry Hobbs. And I want to state my money is on Terry Hobbs as being the person who did it. Didn't I could have swore I read somewhere that he had been arrested for it. He was questioned, and especially after the first movie came out. Now, a lot of, now with this case, we're going to, I know we try to keep things separate where we talk about the crimes, we talk about childhood, we talk about the crime, we talk about the laws, and media. With this case, we're kind of having to go through all of them. When I watched the documentary, which was the, West Memphis 3, The Devil's Not. It came out on HBO. And when I watched this man talk, red flags. I mean, just red flags. He was questioned. And after that documentary came out, it generated a lot of of attention and a lot of, you know, you got big needs. You know, we're going to get into, you know, Damien Eccles and them. Like, they wore, like, Metallica shirts. They wore, you know, heavy metal T-shirts, Metallica got involved. Yes, we have to do a disclaimer that you do not have permission to talk about Metallica because we know that they like to sue everybody and everything. (laughs) Master. (laughs) Anyhow. (laughs) But a lot of people were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, the interesting thing, and this is probably the, the disturbing thing, when you look at Steve Branch, little Steve Branch's body, his face was bitten. He was the only one was bitten. It seemed like as horrible as everything that happened to those three little children, he got it the worst. In my opinion. That's my opinion. And I mean, that's that's really what this... And to me, when you have that target, that one, 
I feel like Steve was the main target. And there were other things about, about, I think, that happened to Steve that didn't happen to the other two. Yes. His scrotum was removed. Yes. I mean, we're going to talk in, in detail about what happened to these three little boys. And that's going to be very, very disturbing to, to talk about and, and process. But to me, because he got the worst of it, that, I don't know, years of reading true crime, watching true crime TV, criminal minds, all that shit. To me, it sounds like he was the intended victim and poor Christopher and Michael just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I always had a lot of suspicion towards Terry. When you watch the documentary, which if you have not seen that documentary and you want to get good and mad about something, watch that documentary. Because at one point in time, they said there was a crowd scene and they were talking to him about it. You know, people in the crowd were like, well, submit to like a bite, you know, where they could do like a mold of your, your bite, you know, teeth impressions. And that motherfucker pulled his dentures out. He had his teeth removed after that crime. Are you losing me? Am I losing you? Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen. No, it's okay. No, it's the sound. The sound is, is, it, is yours doing that? No, but if you take yeah, off your headphones, I'll probably hear them. Oh, just in case. Yeah. And well, it's, not doing, it's only doing it sporadically. But, it's but just so everybody knows, breaks. when she does it, it looks like she's having an acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I love Amanda. I do. We've been friends for years. But I laughed my fucking ass off because she's just like, <laughs> I, like I remember those days. <laughs> Why is this happening? Okay. Sorry about that. The reason I was doing that was because I literally read something maybe not even an hour ago. New evidence has surfaced. Oh. And this surfaced on the 21st of December. So, like, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And Terry Hobbs' DNA was found on the ligatures. I am not surprised by that. Now I've now got to look that up. Good old-fashioned Google. Yeah, so I had to turn that off because the sound is making me crazy. Hey, it is kait8.com. New access to evidence thought destroyed in 1993 West Memphis 3 case. And it says down a little bit. Okay, don't start this. See. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that, is that it? Yeah, did you find it? Hold on a second. He found what... So he found what he were, were... Oh, here it goes again. Sorry, I was getting excited. I thought he was missing, but it's not. It's just that. It's to be somebody else doing the name as the same name. Yeah, there was... No, it's... Um, okay, what was that website again? It not, says not. it's K-A-I-T-8, the number 8, .com. It says... He found what we were looking for, the ligatures that found the children, the secret ligatures in which Terry Hobbs' DNA was found in. He is just, uh, yep, I found it. So, okay, uh, yeah, he, yep, sneaker ligatures. I, I swear to God. Yep, and that's, that's the whole thing, too. And, and, and when we're going to get into this, and when we get into the actual crime and everything that goes on to it, not one single piece of evidence ever connected Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin, and Jesse Miss Kelly. 
to the actual crime. So, yeah. Yep. They were told that the evidence had been destroyed in a fire. Yep. Yep. The sneaker ligatures in which Terry's Hobbs DNA was found in. He says that he welcomes new DNA testing. Yep. So, yeah, it is. Yep. So the next step in getting the evidence tested is using new DNA technology called M. Dash VAC. That's interesting. We'll 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 have more information on that when we get into the crime on it. So mm-hmm. I'll look that up for that. So yeah, it's yeah. He's not been arrested, but it looks like we're doing more DNA, and I really feel like that that's going to be important for justice. So I like I said, I've always thought he was he was the bastard who did it. But to get into the other the living victims. Of this crime. We'll start with Damien Eccles. Now, Damien, and again, they're a little bit younger than me. So he was born 12 11 1974 in Marion, Arkansas. And he was born, oops, what the, the hell? What in the hell? What the hell? Where did you go? I'm right here. Yeah, but I can't see you. I touched something. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Christ. There you, there you are. Okay. Hi. So, okay, he was born Michael Wayne Hutchinson, but he changed his name at 13. And there's really not too much as to why he did that. I have a feeling it was just kind of, you know, that Gen X. There was a very big time in, like, the late 80s and into the 90s. I mean, you might remember the, if you're old enough, you'll remember the satanic panic where everybody was a Satanist and there was all this shit going on and huge thing about repressed memories and yeah, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. But I remember, and I grew up in fucking white suburbia, okay? <laughs> you know, but I remember kids getting into it and like dabbling in the occult and, you know, the tarot cards and the Ouija board and, you know, all of that, the candles and the I shit. I feel personally attacked here. So I'm telling on myself, too, okay? Like, <laughs> telling on myself. I think there was, everybody had that, like, you know, now they call it goth or emo, you know, whatever you want to call it. Although, if you want something that I find oddly endearing. Well, I feel attacked because I still use that stuff. Oh, well, you know, I'm all for it. I'm, I, you know what? I dismiss nothing at this point in time. I will be 50 in six months, okay? And I will honestly admit there is shit we have no explanation for. I'm not going to discount it. You know, you, you want to do the whole, his sister, her sister was a witch, you know? <laughs> but there's like, there's now where people are, Somebody was asking on TikTok, like, where are, like, the country goth, the alternative, like, y'all. Alternatives. Y'alternatives. <laughs> and I fucking love that term. Like, I, I love That's it awesome. because it's just showing that that type of stuff, like, where people were into these things, like, you know, he wore concert t-shirts. You know, he was, when Damien got into all of this, it was a, it was kind of viewed as a Western path to enlightenment. Now, first of all, I am all for that shit. I am absolutely for that. 
whatever you need to do to, to enlighten. I'm personally doing my own trauma processing, which on occasion includes, you know, traumatizing others. Yeah. You traumatize me daily. I do. <laughs> sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, love you. I, have to, I read something yesterday that made me think of you. Ooh, it's always fun, guys. <laughs> it was it was a post on Facebook on how redneck are you? <laughs> I scored a twenty six on that. Just so you know, I know this. I know that. Well, there was a question on there that said, "Have you ever been attacked by a rooster?" <laughs> every time, every goddamn time, I go to fucking immokalee. Those fuckers are waiting for me. They choose violence. They choose violence in uh, anger. I don't know. God, Satan's like, oh, that's, that's, you know, people like talk about the hounds of hell. No, it's the fucking roosters of hell. That's I, what just, it I is. had to laugh. So I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is yeah. extremely good. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. And we go back out in the field. Like, full-time back out in the field now, so Uh-oh. I will be going to Immokalee probably at least once a month now. So oh, I will be traumatized. We'll have more rooster stories. Mm. Yeah, so I will I will talk about my rooster, my first encounter with a rooster on our um, exclusive content. So go ahead and head over there. We will talk about how I've been traumatized by these fucking Satan's little pets there, like a minion yeah. of Satan. Speaking of the satanic panic. Oh, listen. <laughs> There's a reason those things are used in those rituals, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they are a fucking direct conduit to the dark side. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. I said what I said. I'll fight that one. I'll argue that one. We can argue. We can go. Mm-hmm. Hop on over to Twitter. Pick up that argument. Hop on into our group. Go ahead. I will argue all day long. Fucking roosters are embodiment of Satan. They're at least at the, like, the demon level, okay? They're definitely heavily connected to hell, so. Okay, yeah. now that you've traumatized me back. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know. Damien, that was the whole thing. He was 19. So you got to remember, he was 19 at the time of the crime, of the alleged crime. And he admits in any of his, when you talk to him or you listen to his statements and everything else, he leaned into the, he's the dark guy, he's the bad guy. Because he stated he didn't do it. He didn't do anything. So he felt like he had nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yeah, I'm the bad guy, you know? A vibe, I can absolutely just, I I can respect that because I'm like, I I get it. I get it. I'm there, you know, myself. Like, you think I'm an asshole? That's fine, you know? But I know who I am. And he really, at 19, was like, this is a joke, right? You know, because he wasn't there. He didn't do anything. But because he stood out for his community, because he did. You know, he liked his, his, you know, heavy metal shirts. He liked, you know, dabbling in the occult, which was harmless, you know, and completely, completely harmless. He wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything, you know, he did drop out of high school. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Don't judge. Okay. Well, no, not only don't judge, but let this be a lesson to everyone out there. I don't care how innocent you are. Do not speak to the police without an attorney present. Oh, God, no. Ever. Do ever. The cops are not your friends. Let me explain this. The police are not your friends. Did you hear me? The cops are not your friends. They are to do a job in this case. This case alone should make you understand that. There are, we, we talked about this, and we're going to talk about it more, but there are, in the, the cops got tunnel vision on this case. They absolutely got tunnel mm-hmm. vision. And what you have to understand is that when you come into the questioning, first of all, wear a watch. If you're being brought in for questioning, wear a watch. They have 24 hours. There's a reason why there is no clocks in the interrogation room. If you don't have a watch, if you're like me and you have sensory issues, so you don't wear watches, Ask what time it is. You want to see how fucking annoying it can be? What time is it? What time is it? What time is it now? What time? What time? You have 24 hours to charge me and I'm not fucking talking to you. And it's hard because everybody tried to have that whole, oh, our friendly neighborhood police officer. No. If the cops are talking to you, they already have made up their fucking minds as to what's going to happen next. As the anarchist joins the conversation, you know, <laughs> they've already decided this is Piper Lee, get down. Thank you. They've already decided what happened. They made up their mind, and if they decide they like you for this crime, they're going to do everything they can to make the situation fit their narrative. They're not going to sit there and go, well, the evidence is telling us this is what happened. They're going to say, this motherfucker did it, and we're going to manipulate everything to fit that agenda. So, yeah, while I don't advocate crime, I'm just saying the cops are not your friends. So, but yeah, he he leaned into it, and he was just like, and he said he thought it was funny. He, he thought it was a joke, you know? But he dropped out of high school, which is neither here nor there, but gave that attitude of, oh, he he's a high school dropout. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ted Bundy didn't drop out of high school, so that, that really should not be your guide. You're like, like, oh my God, well, he didn't graduate high school. Okay, I know people who didn't graduate high school, went on and did trades and things like that, or got their GED, or, and they're great people, great human beings. And then you have people like, let's see, the Parkland shooter graduated high school, Ted Bundy graduated high school. I'm just. Ted Bundy was in law school. Yes, thank you. So, yeah, not, but it did add to that mentality of he was undesirable. So he had to have done this, you know? And then you had Jason Baldwin. Now, Jason, he was 16 at the time of the the crime. He did have a mild record of vandalism, which I think is just basic teenage shit. Let's be honest, who did not have some vandalism in their background? I, I think the difference is, I, who? <laughs> of course you didn't. But, you know, for somebody <laughs> who raised copious amounts of hell as a child, and as a teenager, the only difference between Jason Baldwin's record of vandalism and my record of vandalism is I didn't get caught. That's it. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we're just going to put this out there. My friends and I were just really fucking stupid in high school. Like, I mean, really stupid. So if you were visiting Rhode Island 
in particular in the East Greenwich, North Kingstown, Wickford area of Rhode Island between 1986 and 1990, and you drove your car with out-of-state plates and you lost one of your plates, we were having a scavenger hunt. <laughs> I've already looked up statute of limitations. I ain't shaking a deal about it. Uh, but we one of our scavenger hunt things. But I'm just, I'm pointing this out to say that, you know, people can do stupid shit as teenagers. And in fact, being a teenager is pretty much a rite of passage to be dumb and do dumb things. Mm-hmm. I did all sorts of shit as a teenager and everything. I'm a social worker. It's three children plus my bonus son. I mean, I've never been arrested. <laughs> Don't, you know, like. Knock on wood. But, hey. Not yet. <laughs> Well, Spencer has told me to stop talking about shit. <laughs> yes, you're right. He to stop talking. <laughs> yes, he, he gets a little nervous. I, I make Spencer nervous when we talk. It's kind of entertaining for me. Well, but, no, but I'm talking like, like yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get it. <laughs> the funny thing is, he's going to be like you. <laughs> he's going to be like, why the fuck did you introduce me to this? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you get involved in this? <laughs> but, but we would have scavenger hunts. And in the scavenger hunts, because we're all fucking stupid, um, we would do things like, you know, you got so many points for get, finding an out-of-state license plate. Now, you would think, this is back in the days before cell phones, so you couldn't, like, snap a picture and be like, oh, I found out. Like, no, 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 no. We were there with the screwdrivers. <laughs> Taking the license plates off. Oh my god. Stop signs, kid signs, slow children at play. That was a big one. That we would steal all of those slow children at play because, you know, we were like making fun of it. You know, we were really insensitive as teenagers are. I mean, I had just recently, you know, gone up and got to see my best friend while we were waiting for Kate's college graduation. And we were talking about, like, we were laughing. Like, we were, I don't know what my parents did with our, all that shit that we bring, we bring home. Like, our collection of prizes. Our prizes of stop signs and, and street names and license plates. You know, like, I have no idea what they did with all of that shit, you know? But, you know, again, the only difference between Jason Baldwin and myself is that I did not get caught. That's it. He earned above average grades, which is also something we don't have in common. But he was just your basic 16-year-old boy. And he happened to be friends with these guys. And it was not, like, close friendship. They were, they kind of ran in the same circle. And you know how that is. It's like you have friends and you do this and you kind of, they all kind of hang out. But it doesn't, it's just like, you know, he was just kind of like, he was friends with Jesse. And they all knew, everybody knew Damien. You know, but Jason, just kind of uh, your basic kid. Now, Jesse Miss Kelly, Jesse Miss Kelly Jr. was born July 10th, 1975. It is reported, he reportedly has an IQ of 72. I read that. This is what pisses me off. Oh, he was me too. 17. He was 17. I leave the shit that pisses me off to the end, so, you know. Yeah. Well, he was 17, and please keep in mind that with an IQ of 72, he had the intelligence of a third grader. Yes, a, a much younger 
you know, and unfortunately, when we try, when we talk about the crimes, we really try to set the stage of what the, what society was like when this happened. Nowadays, you know, it is 2022 now. If somebody has an IQ that is, is lower, there are, you know, the family, the schools identifying them. They're putting support systems in place. There's things there to kind of help guide them. There's more resources now. Back in the the 90s, and especially in the 70s, in the 70s, there really wasn't that catch-all. You know, there was a very, that safety net was very loose, and a lot fell through. If you were not well off in the 70s, if your parents were not of upper middle class, class and above, unless you were profoundly in, I'm going to use the R word, I know that, but medically they would say they had the levels of retardation. And unless you were like profound or like, you know, where it was usually like a co-diagnosis, it would be something with diagnosis of Down syndrome or other things like that, that would, that would you know, net that. And then there would be like the special schools, but there's like one school at the edge of the town or three towns over. This is a small town. This really wasn't the town that had the cutting edge schools and everything else. So Jesse Miss Kelly Jr. just kind of skated through. He skated through and he's somebody who fell through the crack and the police fucking targeted him. So while I am not at the stage of saying all cops are bastards, I am only about two steps away. And this takes one of them. The cops leaned on Jesse. And at one point in time when he was talking about what happened, I mean, this, this made me want to fucking cry. They told him, if you tell us what happened, we can go home. And oh, they're infamous for that. He thought that meant him too. He thought this is so you understand the cognitive impairment this kid had, this child had. He really thought that if he just repeated these words to the police, he could go home to his mom. Mm-hmm. And they fed him everything yes. he said. Ooh, and the things yes. that they didn't feed him, he got wrong. Yes, yes. And and he would, I mean, honestly, the interview, his conf- his alleged confession. First of all, at age 17, you are still a minor. You have, by, mm-hmm. by law, they cannot speak to you. You are not a fucking adult. Cops threw that out. His mom was not in there. Nope. His mom was not in there. Now, I can tell you, when I've talked to when my kids were growing up, everything. I don't give a fuck what it is. You don't speak to the cops without me in the room. I do not. There was police involvement because of my divorce was really fucking ugly. But I ripped. They wanted to interview my children. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. I'm in the room. You ever pull this bullshit again, I'll have your fucking badge. Of course, that was a very small town. And I really just did not give a shit because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Hold on. Dave's being a redneck. Again? Well, kind of continuously, but just kind of extra. <laughs> that 18 pounds of ammunition, 7.8. Oh, okay, now All we're right. All right. There we go. Okay. I do want to talk a little bit more about Damien Eccles. Now, he did have a little more of a troubled childhood or teenage years. There were multiple reports of social workers visiting. His, his home, visiting him and his mom. He had, I hate to say it this way because I don't want to diminish anything, 
But I mean, it was that almost stereotypical teenage dramatic involvement. But it's also, you want to talk about another lesson. It's also a lesson and be careful on the rumors you spread. Now, he, he had a very tumultuous relationship with an early girlfriend. They ran off together and they broke into a trailer. But only he was arrested for that. Just remember that. And then, yeah, I mean, she was there too. Illegally, she was there as well. And they were still like, nah, it's just you. So, based upon a rumor, a rumor, he was placed in a psychiatric facility. Now, the rumor was, yep, yeah, based upon a rumor, he was placed in a psychiatric facility. And the rumor he and this girlfriend were going to have a baby and sacrifice it. She was not pregnant. That what was going on. But yeah, based solely upon a rumor, he ended up going into a psychiatric facility and he was diagnosed with depression. But yeah, and his mental health was so poor, he was actually able to claim disability. Do you know how bad you have to be to get disability for mental health? Yeah. So, but yeah, so it was that type of behavior. The Oh, you know, it was a rumor. It was a rumor. And that's really what locked the police in on him was that this rumor. (laughs) I keep saying that because people need to understand this was not, oh, you know, we confess that this is what our plan was. You know, it was literally a rumor that this is what the, the ridiculousness of this entire case insofar as how the justice was handled because those little boys who never went home never got justice. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, you you talk about don't talk with cops unless you have a lawyer present, but it's just be careful of the rumors you create about others. You know, it's madness, absolute insanity. So that's kind of what I have on their childhoods. And like I said, Damien, being depressed and kind of having this alternate, I hate to say it, but, you know, kind of, oh, God, there was a brain cell. They went on vacation. I don't know if you heard the train just leaving the station. That was my train of thought. Yeah, it left without me, the bastard. So, you know, and he, so that was really kind of why the police started, started focusing on him was a lot of this rumor bullshit. So, you know, I, these I kids, the there was nothing really outside the ordinary. <laughs> I mean, it was very much, you know, your Midwest American. You know, it, it was, and like I said, we'll talk more about the other things, but like, I still, my money is on Terry Hobbs as being the person who did it. So I think that's kind of all of us or all of our opinions. It's like Terry. Although, you know, there are, we'll talk about that when we get into the other ones, but there are other things, you know, there, there's a lot of mistakes the police made throughout this entire case, tunnel vision not being the least of them. But it was very, very interesting how some yeah. of this stuff went down, because it, it was all just, I'll never apologize yeah. for swearing, it was just all fucked. I mean, it was really fucked, you know? So, that's their childhood. I mean, there's, you know, we... Don't know who did it. I have my suspicions, and you know, I think other people share those same suspicions. But we'll yeah. we'll get into those. But that's the childhood of of the the actual victim. Yeah, and like really I said, was. I don't think 
when you look back at this case, there's nothing that you can sit there and say, well, this, that, and the other. Eight-year-old boys are going to go out and ride bikes. You know, that's what it is. As Kids are going to go outside and play, and that's absolutely vital to childhood development is to go and play and to play with your friends and, and do those things. And I think back in the 90s, you know, for through the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, we really had this very false sense of security that you could go and run your neighborhood and be safe. And as we all know, really not the case. So mm-hmm. now I can barely hear you. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, when my boys were 15, when my oldest, my oldest two were, were 15, they they actually asked me, they were like, you know, what was like the, the worst thing you did when you were my age? I'm like, absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. Immediately, no. No. No, 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 no. Uh uh. No. You're done. When I think about the shit that I did, you're so done. Yeah. Because I'd have a heart attack. At that time, we lived in a a small town in rural America. Still, absolutely fucking not. So, yeah. I mean, different times. Different times. No worries. (laughs) Right now, just so everybody at home. See, it's very grainy for a picture on my my thing, so it doesn't look entirely appropriate what she's doing right now. Right. I think there's a different channel for that. There's a couple different channels for that. Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, baby. <laughs> my microphone started working finally. I mean, I know we talked about alternate re- revenue streams, but <laughs> I gotta run that one by Dave first, okay? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh my lord. <laughs> But like I said, this uh, yeah, that's it that? for this episode. Better for you. <laughs> Tune in next week where we're going to actually talk about the crime <laughs> of what you happened. You want to watch? Well, I hold my microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is a trigger warning because we are going to be fans. talking about <laughs> some very horrific crimes against children. It can be very triggering, oh, so just use caution. It's definitely something to right. talk about, but so we I also don't want anybody to be upset. So that's why I talk about the the trigger warnings and things like that, so that we'll get a little can, bit can make that. We'll get a little decision. bit more into the satanic. It is an important case. Panic, so you can hear about the case without the nineteen eighties or early pictures if that's too much for you. So if that's that's something that's out of your realm, just come back the following week and we'll talk about other aspects of this crime. So. But then check out our exclusive content and for some, you know, how the hell does Denise survive in this world? Yeah. Yay! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of in the middle of, of being on pause and being able to do things on TikTok. I did encounter my first mansplainer of 2022. Yeah, right. I More may have made them in cry. The also... We have one Twitter Definitely follower. Definitely violated some of TikTok community standards. <laughs> so well, <laughs> please follow us on Twitter. We're, we're at in out right me, now. Like, I can watch videos. Just, if I can speak. I'm just really not able Join to, like, comment or post at this point in time. Follow so us on Instagram. And I have no regrets. I want people to know that I have no regrets. I've decided that, you know, with everything that has led up to 2022, that was my villain origin stories and 2022 is the rise of the villain i'm done i'm done with nonsense at this point in time so you know the next time some cellar dweller with a neck beard wants to go well actually i'm gonna make a fucking cry 
I don't care. Your opinion, like you, are, are completely irrelevant. So, yes, yeah. I don't have any, I have no regrets and I have no apologies for, for that either. So, I know, I know. So, on that note, as soon as I, as soon as, like, I'm off my time out, there will be a TikTok account for that and we will share that on, on here. So, yeah, they would not, TikTok would not let me, I was, there was another thing I was going to do, which was just literally going to be what I call the Coon Squad Reviews, which is just my dogs reviewing the toys that they fucking destroy because apparently moms made the money. So, and TikTok was like, mm, are you promoting violence? <laughs> like, maybe. I might. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. So, yeah. So, what is a lot of time out? We, we will have a TikTok and we will be posting that. So, all right. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye.